0: What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr., and I'm back on my podcast of Vitamin Sports, where you take vitamins every day, just like we talk about sports every day. Now, I know I've been gone for some time, but I need to reassess myself. I need to go a little harder. I need to be more stronger than I've ever been before. So let's get right into it. Are you that guy? It's a simple question that can be answered with a simple answer. Do you need help to win games? Are you that lone warrior that can get the job done? When you play, do you live up to the impact on the game? See, these are the questions we have to ask ourselves when nominating these players for these awards. Brock Purdy, who is he? Is he a guy benefiting from a system? Or is he the system that's benefiting from him? Now, watching Brock Purdy play, he's a guy, Mr. Irrelevant, that came into a system where nobody thought he would succeed. But he's shown growth in the last two seasons from him playing. And I got to say, with all due respect, he can play. But for him to be nominated for MVP is disrespectful and this is why i say that show me a game where brock purdy has taken over a game where he put the team on his back and he said watch out y'all i got us you can't point out a game because he's a guy that's in the system that he's benefiting from see debo and all his teammates that's good sportsmanship encourage your teammates But for all the other analysts and players, don't go out here and lie to everybody and every single person to say that Brock Purdy is a game changer and he's impacting the NFL when he plays. Because there are three games where we didn't see none of that. We didn't see that in Cleveland. We didn't see that in Bengals. We didn't see that against the Vikings. We didn't see none of that. And everybody's so quick to point out excuses. Do you know what excuses are? Excuses are the tools of the weak and incompetent. Built on monuments of nothingness. Those who use them usually amount to nothing at all. So, with that being said, you keep giving this guy passes, talking about, oh, yeah, they lost no three games, but look what they did. Okay, yes, they beat the Eagles. Of course. They beat, they crushed Dallas. Absolutely. I'm fine with that. They get my respect for that. But to suddenly say that he's the MVP front runner is disrespectful. He's number three in passing yards. He's number two in touchdowns. Tied for number two in touchdowns. His interception is tied for 76. The only category he's leading in is QBR and the first thing somebody should say that's smart and intelligent It should talk about the time that Aaron Rodgers won the MVP over Tom Brady but Tom Brady had I think he had like 50 something touchdowns and Aaron Rodgers is either 50 or 40 I think he had 50 if I'm not sure but he had 50 plus touchdowns and He had 5,000 yards plus. But he had a lot of interceptions. Aaron Rodgers had probably 40 touchdowns and maybe five interceptions. But the fact that backed up what Aaron had is Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Them Packers don't win those games without Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Smith and the defense that they had. But you see that I said... Aaron Rodgers first. I didn't say the defense carried Aaron Rodgers or the guys that he had around him carried him because Aaron Rodgers made those players better. But Aaron Rodgers got the MVP because not only did he put up big numbers in certain games, they had the number one record again. That's how he got the win, back-to-back MVPs. That's how he beat Tom Brady in the MVP race. That touchdown to interception ratio was just too crazy. You got 40 plus touchdowns and like five interceptions. Yeah. And you left impact on each and every game. Yeah. That separates you. And Tom Brady blacked out that season. But we understood why. Aaron Rodgers was working with less. Tom Brady was handed a franchise that had star power on both sides. Not to mention, he had number one, well, he had Mike Wilder, I mean, I'm sorry, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. He had pieces left and right. Along with Rob Gronkowski, he had pieces left and right. But, that would be the only case somebody could pull up to say, well, how can this player get this? Because any other time, a quarterback that leads in the category of something. When you win the MVP, you've done something extraordinary. And Patrick Mahomes' second year, he won the, he won the MVP. He had 50-plus touchdowns. Nobody else came close, played better. Then the following year, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Forty something touchdowns total. I gotta stop. People gotta stop doing that too. Totaling everybody touchdowns. Don't do that. But Lamar Jackson had thirty six touchdowns. I think he had like seven six interceptions. He had a thousand yards rushing, and three thousand yards passing. Nobody nobody in the NFL history has ever seen that quarterback to run four thousand yards put up. A significant amount of touchdowns. I think he had eight. Yeah, eight touchdowns. Rushing, 36 throwing. Number one seed in the NFL. Red zone was 100% basically. The offense, number one offense. Yeah. Nobody's never seen that. Same thing when Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl and the regular season MVP. He had 40, 40 plus touchdowns. Like, doing things nobody's ever seen before. So you kind of get the drift on saying. Those guys are game changers. Tua Tungvaloa. Will he ever get credit that he deserves or will he be in the shadow of the system that he is a part of? So now Tua has benefited from uh, Mike Dan- Mike Daniel's system. The West Coast Offense. If you don't know the West Coast offense, look how the routes that the West Coast run. They're not crisp like a pro offense. They're more rounded. That's why you see Tyreek Hill don't run no routes. And it's funny how Wes Welker can go out there and say Tyreek Hill is a better route runner than Randy Moss. I disagree. Randy Moss can run every route. Is Tyreek Hill better deep ball than Randy Moss? Absolutely. Because Tyreek Hill has world-class speed. That's the only difference. The only difference. And then Randy Moss could run every route in the route tree. When needed. But. Tuantungo Iloa. Is A guy that's used to good talent surrounding him. When he didn't have the talent surrounding him, people questioned how good of a player is he. But once he got Tyreek Hill, once he got Jalen Waddle, once he started getting these pieces in this system that the West Coast system, he started benefiting, Get the ball out quick. You know, when we have time, throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, he can make a play. He's doing things that he was doing last year, minus the concussions. Why we don't hear his name in MVP conversation? They're running away with the division right now, but nobody's talking about Tua Tungvaluwa. If I'm not mistaken, he has 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And is on the verge of overlapping, I think, uh, CJ Stroud and... Sam Howell to win uh most passing yards in the season. But nobody's giving the credit to Tua for talking about Loa. Why? Is it because of the fact that they win games, but in the big games, they come up short? Because that can hold you back from winning the MVP. Or is it the fact that people haven't seen enough good talent against them? Because they saw when they played against the Chiefs, they lost. They lost against Buffalo. And they lost to the Titans. So, ah, it's looking bad for Tua Valoa. Dak Prescott. Is he finally getting the recognition that he deserves from years of putting in work? And for people doubting him, or is everybody still in their feelings and feeling sorry for him, and they're going to give him the award? So let me just go out and I say this, that this year, Dak Prescott is playing well. Yes, he lost to the 49ers, but he beat the Eagles. He outperformed Jalen Hurts in that game. I think Dak Prescott should be in the MVP conversation. Is he a game manager? Yes. Yes. But that Prescott can do all this, and nobody will give him credit. Everybody will blame him. If they would have lost to the Eagles, they would have blamed him again. Nobody talks about the fact that the Cowboys' defense be coming up short sometimes. Nobody talks about the fact that the Cowboys can't seem to get the job done when the rubber meets the road. Nobody talks about the fact that the Cowboys be struggling but everybody blames Dak Prescott for not doing what he's supposed to. But, you know, it is what it is. Can't blame Dak Prescott for everything. When we gonna start holding these other players on the Cowboys accountable? Because there are games where Dak Prescott takes over. Now, they have had an easy schedule. Playing against, you know, under 500 teams. And the first 500 team they played after the Eagles was the Seahawks. And they beat them. They give them credit for that. Then they beat the Eagles. Of course, they beat two above 500 teams. But from what I'm seeing from Dak is that he putting the team on his back offensively. Now, defensively, I can't speak for them. But offensively, look look at the record that they have. They're nine and three now. No, I'm sorry. I think they might be ten and three now. Ten and three. They're putting on a show. They put themselves in that conversation. They probably won't win the division because the Eagles gonna wrap it up and win the division. But they will have a playoff berth. They probably be a third seed. But the fact that there's other spots in the in the playoffs. Let's not even talk about the playoffs, but the fact that Dak Prescott has got the Cowboys playing outside their mind along with, you know, their defenses coming when they come. That Prescott should be in the MVP conversation because he's put himself in that conversation by stepping up in meaningful games. So. But is he that guy? He's had a few games where he's shown that he is that guy, but. He only had one game where he showed that he can be that guy. And that was against a below 500 team. All these games that they're blowing out people, like a lot like a lot of analysts say, when you look at Dallas and you see them blowing out teams, you think they're the greatest team in the world. But then next week they play against a tough team, they shrink. And then in that moment when they're playing tough teams, people so quick to blame that. Why they don't they blame the defense when they come on short and get let the team get fifty points on them? Why they don't talk about the receivers when they drop the football and Dak put it in their hands? Why is it always like I'm still baffled that people blame Dak for that game? There was no way he was gonna get that no way he was gonna get that that run when he ran the football. There was no way he was gonna get that. He's not that nimble, like a Lamar Jackson, or a uh, Passion Mahomes, or Deshaun Watson, or uh Josh Allen. He's not that nimble. He's mobile, but he can't nimble like them guys. But, you know, people are going to blame, find somebody to blame when they don't like what the results are. Then somebody asked me, well, why you don't have Christian McCaffrey up there? Well, contrary to what you believe, that year Aaron Rodgers won MVP, there was a year that um, Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards. And that was something special. Something special. up For a running back to win MVP, they had to do something special. They had to do something that no running back has done in the last 100 years. We've seen running backs come back from 20 ACLs. I mean, we've seen a running back come back from 20 ACLs in 2009. Adrian Peterson, 12 touchdowns, 2,000 yards. We've seen running backs get a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. We've seen that, but from my eyes and what I want to see is something special. The MVP is one of the most prestigious awards in the NFL. Hell, it's up there with the top of the top boards in all the sports. Uh, all the sports. In order for a running back to win it, he has to be spectacular. Now, if Christian McCaffrey would have rushed for 2,000 yards, he would get it. Because nobody expected Christian McCaffrey to get 2,000 yards. And he gets receiving numbers, too. He can get 500 receiving yards. 500 or 300 receiving yards, he would win it. Because he would have 2,000, maybe 2,600 yards, all-purpose yards. And maybe, what? Twelve, I would say, fifteen touchdowns, fifteen total touchdowns. And let's say he had ten touchdowns and another, and he had another five. Now that is something special. It's something special. We haven't seen that in a long time. And he's the running back that could do it. But Christian McCaffrey only has, he has a thousand yards now. But these next few games, Christian McCaffrey will have to black out. He will have to literally, these last, what, we got three more games left? Four more games left? Yeah, four more games left. He will have to literally get 200 yards in each and every game. Or at least 50 in each and every game. And then that would be a stretch. Because then it'll be like, damn, this man is really trying to win win MVP. But, you know, is he that guy? There are moments where he is that guy. But, you know, sometimes he he cools down because teams always game plan for him. But there's another guy. Lamar Jackson. Is he a guy that has all the potential in the world? but can't seem to realize who he truly is? Or is he just a guy that's benefiting off his athleticism and won't wake up until it's the last minute? Josh Allen, is he that guy that that team and that franchise has been waiting for? Or is he a guy that we've seen before who's going through the same things he went through at his time? And that guy is Cam Newton. Yeah, I compare Josh Allen to Cam Newton because the same things are happening. Same things. Start off slow, get that receiver that they need, take off, had those spurt years. But the only difference is he didn't win those he didn't win an MVP. Cam Newton did. And he won it without his best receiver. He put the team on his back and they went 15 and 1 in the regular season. Beat everybody up in the postseason. But, hey, man, when you keep winning games by skipping by and relying on somebody else, and you don't show up, that game won't look like that game in 2015. That Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, it's going to look like that. But back to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a guy that can win every MVP every year. He could be the best player in NFL history. He may not never reach the longevity that Tom Brady has, but the early success, the winning, the winnings, and all that, he could. If Lamar Jackson was playing at the level that he was playing at in 2019, right now, he actually could play better than 2019. Right now. But his accuracy, his judgment, his plate, the the audibles, his vision, it's all holding him back. And he seems not to care because he'll have a game here, a game there, a game over there, a game over there. But his biggest issue, his biggest weakness is consistency. If Lamar Jackson mastered consistency, he would win every, he, he could win MVP three years in a row. He could be that MVP that people are tired of seeing. He could be that guy that NFL will, will embrace. He could be that guy that every TV commercial in the world features him. There's no way he doesn't have commercials. There's no way he doesn't have a signature, signature shoot. Yes, he's been on a video game. He could be on a cereal box. He can be on people's clothing. But he choose not to be consistent. And that's why he's not in the MVP race. The only reason why he's in that conversation is because of the fact that he has a ten and three record in the AFC, which is the hardest division in football right now because of the quarterback play and the defense and the receivers. Everything in the AFC is better than the NFC. Can't nobody explain. Can't nobody tell me different. But the fact is, Lamar Jackson will beat a good team like the Lions, and then come around and lose to the team like the Steelers. Like, people want to discredit them beating the Rams, but the Rams are a good team. The Rams still have a chance to make it to the playoffs because the NFC is so weak. But people don't observe everything. Like, that was a test. That was a game that tested our corners again. Now, if you haven't paid attention to the last couple of games, we just played the Chargers. Then we played the Rams. We get ready to go against... uh, Trevor Lawrence. Then after that, the MVP favorite, Brock Purdy. Then after that, we go against Miami and Tua Valoa, another quarterback that's in the MVP conversation. So our defense is getting tested along with our offense. I love what I saw from the Rams. I'm glad we played. I'm glad the Rams played that way because I wanted to see, can my quarterback bring bring his team back into a game? Can he bring a team back in the game? Because that's another question that people have about Lamar Jackson. Is he that guy to bring the team back into a game? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Or we just found out he has potential. But potential can only get you so far. When are you going to execute potential? Potential is a setup. At the potential is can you get the job done. And these next couple of games are going to test Ravens fans, sports analysts, and everybody that love the game of football to see if is Lamar Jackson that guy to get the team over the hump. Is Tua Tagovailoa that guy to put the to put the Dolphins in the playoffs and to have a deep playoff run. Is Brock Purdy that guy to be ranked one of the The third best quarterback, because right now, is he that guy to take him to the Super Bowl? That quarterback to take him to the Super Bowl. They've been to the Super Bowl with Joe Montana. They've been to the Super Bowl with Steve Young. They've been to the Super Bowl with um, Kaepernick. They've been to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he the next guy that will break that curse and win them a championship? In the same season that he's won the MVP, because he's battling for two trophies. Actually, three. The Super Bowl, the MVP, and the respect from the NFL. Because nobody respects Brock Purdy. They respect the team that he's on, but they don't respect Brock Purdy individual play. Leading QBR is nice. Because that used to be a stat that Skip Bayless used to always throw down people's face. Oh yeah, this quarterback is leading in QBR. He's the best ever. Nah, you can't just lead in QBR. You got to be effective on other levels. And people might say, "Well, he doesn't have to be." Well, he doesn't have to be in the MVP conversation because his team is ten and his team is what ten and three. Don't put him in that conversation. Yeah, he's winning. That's cool. MVP, most valuable player. If we don't have you, can we win these games? And I will not put Lamar Jackson in that conversation because we have won games without him. We have won games this season where the defense showed up and took over the games. I got to put Tua in that conversation because Tua, they're not winning games without Tua. I got to put Dak Prescott in that conversation because they're not winning games without Dak Prescott. I know he's a rookie. And a lot of people might sigh at me for this. But I would love to put C.J. Stroud in that conversation because the Texans don't win their games without C.J. Stroud. If C.J. Stroud come out in these next couple of games and put up 30 touchdowns, he should be an All-Pro. He should go to the Pro Bowl, even though he probably won't win an All-Pro. And I don't know if he'll win it, uh, uh, I don't know if he'll go to... Well, he probably will go to the Pro Bowl this year because he's been playing better than some of these starters, frankly. He has 20 touchdowns, I think, six interceptions or seven interceptions. Yeah, and the Texans have a chance to go to the playoffs this year. But the game is the game. I'm your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr. See ya.